0: Welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast, where we discuss discipleship in everyday life. Hey there, I'm Bob Wilk. Right over there across the table is Jerobai Tasco, and this is the awesome and great Pastor David Lean. Ah. Oh, yeah. And we're here today, three guys speaking to you about men. Mm -hmm. The whole, whole issue of manhood and what it looks like with God and how it looks like in our lives and um you know god's really interested in growing up men into fathers yeah he's not really interested in making dudes <laughs> i want to go on i want to go on record right there mm-hmm. you know none of us have the hat on backwards right now going oh dude you know right, yeah. <laughs> so some of us um, are even wearing new balance shoes new yep. balance, like balance. Dads. Really? The dad, dad shoes dad, dad shoes. kicks wow yep. yeah and those socks that come way up i'm talking yeah. about you but it better yeah, be white no, <laughs> no i don't have new balance i have columbia <laughs> no, that's, good. that's close that's enough close enough <laughs> okay. uh, you guys are a kick <laughs> this is what happens when three guys get together and start talking about stuff we were actually speaking yesterday during lunch mm-hmm. and uh working lunch mm-hmm. and uh we start talking about what it means to be a man of God and what does it look like to be a father in the house of God and in life. We had a great conversation yeah. and we thought we'd share it with everybody today. And, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, see where we go. Why not? So uh, let's kick it off. One of you just go for it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What's in your heart, Jeremiah?
1: <laughs>
2: well, number one, <laughs> Way to pass it down the road. <laughs> it's all right. I'm ready. Uh, number one, what is what does it look like to be a man of God? We'll, we'll put it in that context. Um, for me, one of the first attributes I think of as a man of God is a man who takes responsibility. He takes ownership over every aspect of his life, his choices, decisions. I'm brushing over this super lightning fast, but we can obviously open the topic up. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, number one is responsibility. Not shying away from what you are called to do, what you are put on this earth to do. Not shying away from work, not mm-hmm. shying away from communication. Whether it's confrontational or not, mm. responsibility. That yeah. is the number one thing to me. What is that what does that uh mm-hmm. what does it evoke for you, David?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm just gonna cheat and talk about Jesus because Jesus what? is the ultimate man. <laughs> yes. Um, and he was a human man, he was a male. Yeah. And so he, he doesn't just show us what God is like, he shows us what a man should be like. And yes, he was not married. Yes, he had no kids, but he had spiritual kids. He, he is a husband to his bride, right? Yeah. He has a father. He knows what it is to be a son. He was part of a family that thought he was insane, right? So <laughs> he, he definitely knows what it, what it is like to be um, a father. It even says in Isaiah that he is um, the everlasting yeah. father mm-hmm. of his people. And when I think about Jesus, he's not necessarily a macho man, even though he is a warrior. Yeah, He's a gentle man. And it actually says that we, Paul prayed for the meekness of Christ. Right. And so this idea of meekness is what I think of for a true man mm-hmm. of God, because that was the character of Jesus. It hits on a lot of what Jerabiah was saying, mm-hmm. that he was willing to accept responsibility and he could do things that right. he could work. He could provide for himself. He could take help from other people too, by mm-hmm. the way. Um, but his power was without presumption.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: His power was under control. Um, his power was self-controlled, right? It was mingled with gentleness. He could be very strong, very courageous mm-hmm. going after the devil. Number one, <laughs> and then going after falsehood, going after lies on the earth, going after sickness, mm-hmm. going after demons, things right. that, that were anti his kids that he was trying to bring to glory. Um, and yet he had so much tenderness with women caught in adultery with prostitutes, with homeless people, with repentant tax collectors, with the outcast. He he would sit and eat, with sinners he had he had a kind word on his mm-hmm, tongue mm-hmm. Um, he would not quench a smoldering wick he would not raise his voice in a rude and intimidating way he just, he was not like that and so when i model myself on a man and i i ask myself that it really is that concept of meekness that jesus showed yeah um i don't I, that's just what I wanted to throw out there. What, what do you think, Well, I, bon? I
0: want to help everybody here because I'm sure there's some women out there listening also. You know? They don't have to be like this. They that. don't I'm have to kidding. be like this. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to say that uh, meekness is not weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Let's just go start there. Right. Because yeah. a lot of, I believe, what's happened in society and in church society, for that matter, is that we feminized Jesus. <laughs> And feminized manhood. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, meekness is not weakness, but it's also not this overbearing, you know, uh, pound you into submission thing. Right. Uh, I mean, I get there's the other end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. uh, but Jesus was not a weak person, and no. and when he when we talk about him in meekness, I think of it as humility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I humility know. is one of the most powerful things. In the in the earth, when right. you actually think about it, you think about uh, the Bible talks about Moses mm-hmm. as as he was, you know, the meekest man, you know, in the earth, which <laughs> right. is like, you're like, okay, wow, this is the guy yeah. who subdued the king of the earth, mm-hmm. and he went a little, you know, he killed him, <laughs> let's, let's put it this way, right? And all his army, like, it wasn't mm-hmm. like he wasn't like, oh, you know, wimpy, pull back, I can't do anything, you right. know, right. so there's this balance that I think a lot of uh, uh, our society and especially and the thing I think is most important in Christianity where we've turned men into this um, uh, you know, effeminate type a person mm. and God made them male and female. Right. He made the difference. Yeah. Now that is a big, it's in the right? Bible somewhere, right? Somewhere, like yeah. really... <laughs> like page it's, one. It's kind of in the middle. Yeah, it's <laughs> in the beginning in somewhere. Yeah. It's not really, you know. <laughs> right. But, yeah. but the reality is, you know, we can't we can't forget that. And I, I love when you were talking about out of Isaiah, because that's how I think about Jesus also. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, he was the Prince of Peace. He's the, all these other things. But right. he's the everlasting Father. Right. So he... Yeah. Is the express image of the Father. Everything mm-hmm. about him brings to the Father there too, right. and that's the Father who has, you know, who is love, right, and manifests love. But also, he's a pretty good Father, yeah. so he won't let you just go off on some weird tangent and completely get away with it, yeah. um, and not try to bring you back into alignment with actually who you are in right.
2: Christ, right? Who yeah. you are—that's so important. Yeah. Uh, you were speaking to it. Um I loved how you actually formed it because it gives a really good picture of what uh our identity actually is and what it's being formed into as men of God. Um I know a lot of men um I actually coach with a lot of young men and a lot of them are searching for identity. Who yes. am I? What yes. w- w- you know what am I supposed to be? Mm-hmm. A lot of that is tied to profession, you know, it's tied to mm-hmm. their work. Mm-hmm. Um which that's good, but then there's this deeper sense of like who am i like like why was i put here and the way you just stated it pastor david was um so purposeful right like the lord knew why he came jesus knew why he was here he Mm -hmm. knew he was sent to die he knew he was sent to lay his life down for the entire world he was to take on the sin of the world he was to become sin for us so you know he who knew no sin would become sin for us and we could have that debt paid mm-hmm. and be ransomed back to our Heavenly Father. Um, I also love what you said about the enemies, because Jesus came to destroy the works of the of oh, the yeah. devil. Nice, yeah. He came here to, to mm. pulverize and destroy mm. and utterly demolish, the word says, yeah. the works of the devil. And that is also our honor as men. Mm. Um, so just speaking to identity a little bit here, one of the great things that we are commissioned, and I would say is a man's mandate, is to destroy the works of the devil. Mandate. Yeah, yeah Mandate. It's, it. it's, it's it's a nice play on words It yeah. works. Uh, um, but that is one of the things I know in my life. It's like, okay, how do I live out being a man of God? Right. I can be kind to people. I love the fruits of the Spirit, which you were also kind of talking about, like gentleness, right. meekness, patience, love, joy, You know, right. self-control. Um, all of those things Jesus exemplified, um, and those are the things that I want my life to be guided by. And all of those are strengths. Mm. None of them are weak in any way. They're all fruits of the Spirit, meaning if you're living in and operating by the Spirit of God, you will show these things. They will, they will. you know, the Bible uses the word manifest, but they will be displayed. They will be put on display. They will be active. It will be a, a, an aroma, if you will, around your life, and people will come into that atmosphere of your life mm. And they will go. Wow, this guy feels really solid, and you didn't even really say much, right? right. But it's the way you carry yourself because there's mm-hmm. a, a God confidence within you, not just an ego confidence, right? A pride. Based well, that's on, the you know, opposite right? side
0: where you know uh, the world focuses on the works of the flesh. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. reality, which are obviously the ob- opposite of the fruit of the spirit, and those works are very um, self-oriented, right. self, right. you know. Uh, Gratifying, so everything about for me, right. Whereas there's this giving father, this giving son that you know the the Lord exemplifies, and that's a whole different thing. I, I wanted to play off on some of the as one of the things you were talking about. See, I, I always remember that Jesus, he knew where he came from, mm-hmm. he knew what his assignment was here, right. and he knows where he's going. And I would like to speak, and I'll ask you both about this. So. This is a problem with men today, right? Uh, right. 100%. When you get to the heart of what's going on with the man problem or the father problem, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of it is they don't know where they came from. You know, right. maybe they're not born of God. Right. I want to talk about that a little bit later too, because sure. and then they don't know what their assignment is because, like you were saying, their identity. They don't know where they came from. They don't know what their assignment is and they don't know where they're going. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you have that as your foundation, right. that makes for a pretty messed up guy. And so yeah, go ahead. Pastor David. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is people not having an example of a godly father Mm -hmm. and not looking to our heavenly father as that and not seeing him in Jesus. Yeah. Mm. And so men need to be guided. They need, they need fathers. They need a a father's job is to initiate the son into manhood Mm. through rites of passage, right. Through facing challenges. Like, um, that's part of being a man is sacrifice, but also stepping up to a challenge. And like, Mm -hmm. Uh, men aren't challenged in our our culture either. There's nothing. Fathers aren't saying, "Here's a challenge. Do this. I believe you can do it." Right, and they're they're not being called to that. And if you don't have a father, if your father's passed away, if you have a jacked up dad, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. you can still look to the word for those challenges. Mm -hmm. You can still go to God and see a perfect father. Um, And a lot of people have trouble with that and they've never really been motivated by a dad. So they don't, they think it's wrong. They think when someone challenges them, it's a burden, it's a crushing, but really it's a releasing into who they're made to be. They're not made to serve self. Right. you guys have talked about it. C.S. Lewis said that a man is one who has the passions subservient to the will and the will offered to God. Yes. And that's not what our culture says. Mm-hmm. The culture says your will should center on you and should gratify your passions. Right. Which is really hell. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, if you, if you <laughs> go through into that, like you're going to burn, like you're going to burn in your own selfishness, laziness, entitlement, complacency. You're going to run from everything and you're just going to yes. run further into hell. Right because nobody is challenging you to pick up your cross to pick up your yoke. I mean, think about Jesus. He's like, come in the yoke with me. Mm-hmm. We're we're going, we're plowing somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he's he's interceding and pouring out his heart before the throne 24/7. He's constantly going for something. He's right. constantly pursuing yeah. his bride. He's not passive in the least. Right. Um he his father's constantly hearing him and challenging him. Um and I never really thought about that before that you know, Jesus was fathered. This is kind of coming that, like, oh, yeah. the father challenged him with so many things, and he's like, "Yeah, Lord, if the cup can pass, so be it." But no. right, my will right.
0: is offered to you. Well, as a father, his first uh, expression toward his son here on the earth was validation. Right, right, Amen. right. Amen. This is my beloved son. My right. I mean, piece, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, and it's and it's done. You know, other times too. The, you, know, during, you know, during the transfiguration, it, it's the Bible shows this constant mm-hmm. um, affirmation and validation right. from the Father right. to the Son because He was a man here on the earth. And we know, you know, it was the other day I was thinking about this. We know so little about His, you know, His natural, His you know earthly father Joseph, right. yeah. but I, I have a suspicion that Joseph was a really strong man of God. Mm-hmm. That you know, He listened to God even when God mm-hmm. just spoke to Him and. You know, right, dreams and yeah. things, but he he did it. He actually did the mm-hmm. thing, manifested it for his son, and yeah. well, the rest of his children too. but mm-hmm. um, it's just it's really amazing to me this whole father aspect that's totally lost on our culture right mm-hmm. right
2: i'm uh we're touching on fathering now, um which is a, a huge aspect of being a man, right, and growing into that, right. um, and you're alluding to even being a father figure. Uh, even if you don't have children. Absolutely. Um yeah. and I just there was two things that came to mind. There's like this first, this early phase, right? Where so um up until I was maybe like 20 years old, my earthly father, who was a great man, really honorable man, um, he's the one I look to for most of questions, guidance, etc. Around 1920 then that started to shift and I started to look at other men mm-hmm. who were maybe my dad's age maybe a little bit older than me maybe that were peers that um, had attributes of manliness godly manliness that I liked and appreciated and mm-hmm. and there were things that they would do that were maybe a little different than you know the upbringing I had you know with my earthly dad um, up until that point so I began to start to have spiritual fathers. Um, and some of them mentored me in very specific ways, and so that was really something really amazing, and I just want to put that out there for Mm -hmm. men who are looking to, you know, step into a fathering role. It's not just having children and parenting that, you know, allows you to be a father. Mm -hmm. It actually is a heart attitude and a heart position for people, right, and a heart position that, um, you know, as you were speaking, David, I just saw like so many men going, what can I do right now? Like, I don't have a purpose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have work, I work hard, I've provided for my right, family, but right. I'm there, there's this, there's this lack in the purpose field. Mm-hmm. And it's like go find a son. Mm. Go right. adopt a son. Yes. Go find a young man that you can speak into and pour out and affirm. Yes. Like you were saying, go into their life. How are things going? Just ask them some questions. Don't lord over them and start to try to tell them a bunch of things on how they should do stuff. Just become mm-hmm. a friend. But because you're older and because you're more seasoned, you'll actually be playing a fathering role yeah. to them, and it's so important um, and to your point, Pastor Bob, about current societal uh, idea of what fatherhood looks like or the lack thereof, mm-hmm. um, I just can't help but say that God is returning the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons back to the heart of the, you know back to the fathers, yes. There is coming and is happening now. I'm just declaring this now openly right now that there is a shift coming in the atmosphere, especially in the United States culture, where hearts of fathers are being developed and then hearts of fathers will turn to the sons and affirm them. And those sons who are desperately looking, crying out for, seeking, yearning for a father figure, to, to help them, to, to step in and affirm them, to lead them, to give them a little bit of guidance, to support them, to cheer them on, um, to encourage them. It's one of the main roles of a man is to be an encourager. That is taking place now. Yeah. It is happening, and there's going to be a groundswell of this in our country. I know it. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. And it's not on the heels of an answer to feminism. It's not on the heels mm-hmm. of an answer to toxic mas- masculinity and right. all this other stuff that's going on. What it is, is a divine move of God who's saying, listen, I'm going to have fathers and I'm going to have sons and I'm going to have young men that prophesy and I'm going to have old men that dream dreams. And yes. I'm going to put this back in order the way it was supposed to be when I first put this all into uh, motion, when I created man and he put him in the garden, right? One of the first things the Lord did was he created man of the dust, the earth, and then he put him in a garden and then he gave him a purpose, right. work, right? Here's your purpose. Tend to this garden, subdue it, bring forth life, reproduce. Love a woman. Multiply, right? But <laughs> all those commands came before he, uh, as far as I read it, yeah. like before he created woman. So he had a job. Then he said it's not good for him to be alone because <laughs> he recognized he was alone. Yeah. And so he gave him the ultimate partner, the ultimate help me. And together they still under that mandate, they had a job to do. And so, what I feel is like plaguing men now is just this purpose. Like they're so lost. Even people who make good money and are successful Mm -hmm. still lost.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that doesn't satisfy actually your purpose, right? Doing stuff or worldly, uh, you know, in a worldly manner uh, will not satisfy that. You'll have you'll gain the whole world and lose your soul in the process. You that will be the outcome. Um, I want to really accentuate something you started this you mentioned at the very beginning uh, JT and that was that um, men God's growing men into fathers mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you have to actually have a child right mm-hmm. right and I, I, I want to talk to people that are listening out there young men that are listening that that he actually wants and I want to really cap on what you said and just really emphasize it to you that he wants you to be or carry the heart of the father Right even if you don't have a child because when you have that you'll be the express image of the father you'll bring god the father into this earth and into people yeah. and at the same time i want to talk to in case we've lost all the ladies by now if there's one or two still listening um that's the kind of guy you want to connect with if you're looking for some guy you don't want a guy that's you have to be their their mommy mm. That is going to be a disaster for you. I'm going to just go on record and say sure. that will be a complete mm-hmm. disaster in the long run. You won't, it, it won't work out. Uh, you'll get stuck and you'll, you'll have to be their mommy forever. forever. And sometimes, you know, uh, sometimes, and I'm speaking to young ladies now, they get enamored with the guy uh, because he looks good. He's, you know, he's got some gifts. He's got some abilities. He might have money or a nice car, mm-hmm. uh, great personality, all that kind of fun stuff, which that's great. Go look for some of that. But if you are not finding the character of the father in that person, mm. I would say you should avoid like the plague, <laughs> no matter what they, they you think they're offering you, because right. ultimately you will be connecting to somebody that cannot, will not be your covering. Right? They will not be a father. And so they're not, obviously we're all married men and we're not fathers to our wives, right? but we so. are coverings. right? And I know that's mm-hmm. probably really crazy for somebody listening. that doesn't understand the Bible and what that's all about. And like, what do you mean? You guys are, mm-hmm. what? what are you saying? You're male chauvinist pigs. No, <laughs> God, God made it a certain way. Right. We didn't create it this way, but yes, we're not supposed to be lording over them. We're not supposed to be dictators, all that, but we're supposed to be men of God who have, Understand who we are, like I said, where we came from, where we're going, and what our assignment is here in the earth. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't get that, then you will not be what you're supposed to be to a woman or to a daughter or to a friend.
2: Go ahead,
1: Pastor. I was just going to ask if you could speak more to the idea of men as covering.
0: Oh, yeah. How you understand that. Well, I believe that men have a certain anointing on them. And I believe women have a certain anointing. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they're actually, you know, there's places where they overlap, right. but there's a difference. Right. And if we just think, you know, he said he made man and female and female, mm-hmm. he made them different. Mm-hmm. And if we think that that's just uh, biological, which it is, but there's actually uh, uh, components of where you are where you express your anointing right. in life. Right. And you're covering for your wife and for your children, right? you're, you're supposed to be that uh, protection for them. Right. Spiritual protection. Um you, not just, you know, uh carry a gun, <laughs> start shooting <laughs> everybody, you know, not that. I'm talking about um you know, you might be that too at some day, <laughs> but you, be willing to lay down your life for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is the covering, right? right. And think of it like that. There it's a A shielding from certain things that they may not be able to shield themselves from, sure, because they're not designed to. By the way, I believe a woman has, and you know, we'll get some three ladies in here, and we're going to make an assignment for (laughs) for Liz, and she's going to have to get out here, and you know, and they'll need to talk about the other side of it because women have power also, absolutely, right over their husbands' hearts, Mm -hmm. right? They have power with their children to, you know, to raise up children in the way of the Lord. We see that in the Bible. We see moms in the Bible that didn't raise their kids up well, and it didn't work out Mm -hmm. well. You know what I'm saying? So they, I'm not pulling, I'm not taking anything away from them because they're powerful in their own right. That he made both of them to rule and reign. I get that. Amen. But why did he make two, (laughs) right? It was so that life could You know, if we don't bring our individual anointing, Mm -hmm. then you will not bring life. Right. Okay. And I don't mean just physical life. I mean life in general. And so we have an aspect of our anointing, of our lives, that if we don't cover the earth with that, Mm. if we don't cover the people around us with that, we are not showing the Father's uh, expression in the earth. Right. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's why you know Jesus was always pointing to the Father. That's right. He was always you know like this is you know when you've seen me you've seen the Father, and uh, there he he was bringing that anointing. Oh, did we screw this thing up a little? Yeah, you kind of pointed your mic off to the side oh, there. Oh man, I hate. I want everyone to problems. hear what you're saying. Oh yeah, <laughs> and so you're covering <laughs> some covering, some good covering is a here. tremendous thing. Um, it's not a covering is not a removing of anything. See that's what I think when people see Mm -hmm. this or hear this, they think, "Well, covering like they, you know, they taking something from me." Mm -hmm. Well, actually, they're adding to the Mm -hmm. to the mix, right? Yeah, Yeah. and so um, I want to talk about this some more. I want to talk about the father aspects of this, Mm -hmm. and and I have questions for you. Good, yeah. Well, here are some questions for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What does it look like in your lives when you actually express the fatherling fathering image of God? What does that look like in tangible way how does that how does that come out? Like I want to know. I want to know what that looks like to maybe to your wife, your kids, your what does it look like? Hmm. Because I don't want to have people, you know, they listen to this and it's just kind of a, a ethereal thing. I want sure. tangible. Like what does that really look like?
2: Yeah.
1: For me, just coming to mind is like speaking truth. Um, that's a, a huge element that it takes courage. Like you brought this up at the beginning. Um, part of our responsibility is to to bring guidance, um, and that isn't um, arrogance. That's not um, dictating. Mm-hmm. That's saying here's here's a principle based on the Word of God, and we need to live in this way. Whether that's someone I'm discipling or whether that's my family, I always want to lay that out there. Mm-hmm. And there's certain certain hills you don't die on (laughs) and there's, there's other Hills that you need to die on. Mm -hmm. It's like, Hey, um, our family is about God, our family fellowships. Right. And like, this is just family. Like, um, we don't, we try our best not to yell at one another, like (laughs) to intimidate one another. And so like, just like saying these things that are truths, um, and holding that line, um, is, is a big part of it. Um, especially with, with mentoring and discipleship and pastoring. Um, many people, you know, shy away from the truth and there is a right time and a place to deliver that kind of a guidance. But the father in heaven wants to deliver that through men. He wants to deliver, um, a dose of truth, a Mm -hmm. breath, a breath of fresh air, um, a clear vision because without vision, there's the Bible verse, like people Mm -hmm. need that vision or else they perish. Mm -hmm. Um, they need someone to set that. Um, they need someone to have the courage to say what needs to be said at a cost. Right. And so you have to be willing to pay that cost. Um, I think another thing that I've been been seeing recently is, um, well, I'll just use the word but crap rolls downhill. Yeah. OK. And <laughs> someone's got to be at the bottom of the hill. And part of that covering that you mentioned is like shielding people's emotions and being someone that can that can take hard emotions and can take hard feelings and just say like, okay all right i hear that right oh well, you mean okay. carry it carry it and carry yeah. that right and mm-hmm. carry the crap sometimes and carry the yoke mm-hmm. and carry people's um frustrations and carry um you know people's doubts and you know pray them to the father like bring them to the father
0: and because
1: really he could be at the bottom of the hill well i <laughs> want to ask <laughs> i want to jump bottom, right in right? on
0: that and ask yeah. you something mm-hmm. like, so when you say carry that when the load's too heavy you, you check out right you, you can't check out. You can't, well, you can, you can't, you shouldn't, you, <laughs> you shouldn't. shouldn't check out, but, um,
1: there's a the temptation to turn on the Xbox, to turn on the yeah, social, yeah. social media, yeah. to turn on some blue screen, right. To go and um, pursue a hobby, to just go leave. And that's not what a man does, right. Yeah. Like the <laughs> oh, no, we got there. It's like, what? It's like you, can't, you have to <laughs> step up to it and really you can't carry it. So you have to learn how to bring it to God and then how to bring it to other people uh, who can walk with you without, you know, delivering too many specifics, right? You always honor people that are trusting you, whether it be with secrets or with pain or mm-hmm. with sins, you honor them, you, you keep it confidential, but you know how to pray it to God. Like you know yeah. how to um, share the right things with other men of God who can encourage you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that element of covering is a priesthood, like being yes. a priest of your family. That's still something I'm trying to figure out fully right. what, what that means. Well, I but. believe
0: that we're also mm-hmm. very much men are designed to be truth bearers, right? Even at women also. Okay, I hope we didn't lose everybody there. Yeah. But as men, the tendency is to pull back from the truth when it's not convenient for us, and that—that that is a worldly perspective. Adam did we, it. We a, yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't know it was that woman. You, you know, that kind of thing. Gee, I don't know. Oh, um, yeah. But um, <laughs> so, JT, what do you got? yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like a lot, a lot of on, yeah lot it of, is uh, I liked on. a lot of what David said. Um,
2: I'm going to answer this from a, a, a slightly different um, angle, but just personally first um, it's all been right. a pro- it's been a progression to to grow as a man so that's one of the first things I want to lay a foundation of. it's not like you snap your fingers and all of a sudden you're like you're, you're a great man. Oh you that want to take is, a
0: class? Yeah. Well.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's called life.
0: No, i depends um, on you you are now uh, anointed uh, as a man. Yeah. Feel the power. Throw some tongues in there I feel the power. Yeah. I am. No, I'm just kidding.
2: Yeah. Um, whole old school uh, he-man reference. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah. The, just I want to just lay this foundation of that growing is a key component of of mm-hmm. becoming a man. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. being a man of God. Um, I actually want to say that anybody who has received Christ as their savior and is choosing intentionally to walk with him at whatever level that looks like, right? That you are considered a man of God. It's it's not about thousand hours in the Bible, nonstop prayer, all perfect church attendance that qualifies you to be a man of God. Mm-hmm. There are some things that you have to study to show yourself approved to then qualify yourself for, right? right. Make your calling and election sure. You have, you have a job to Absolutely. do to make it sure. You have to do something. You have to put your faith in action and grow. But you are a man of God if you have set your eyes and your heart on the things of God and you're pursuing that. If your pursuit can be tripped up, it can be stopped sometimes, it can be thwarted by the enemy of your soul, by your own self, by things that you're trying to figure out and and work through. And this is where you need to seek out a mentor, some other man that can help you punch through that and break through that. So I just wanted to say that first. Manhood is about growth. If you have a growth mindset, this is another thing I teach some of my young men. Number one is responsibility, number two, there is sacrifice involved. Number three, growth mindset. Growth mindset, and um, I link that to with um, a a solution-oriented mindset. So you're looking to solve, not looking at all the problems. What's wrong? This isn't working. That's not working. I'm not there yet. I haven't done this. I can't do that. Like all of that, the the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Right. So if you have all these things ruminating within your soul and staying there, it's going to keep you there. So part of the break and the shift is to go, okay, I'm a son of the most high God. And as a son of the most high God, I'm setting my face towards him. And I'm going to just take a step today and continue in this journey and walking. I'm going to continue to grow. For married men, sometimes this is a different look. For me, once I got married, I love my wife. We got along great. We had a lot of similar personalities and pursuits mm-hmm. and passions. So a lot of our life was just gelled just initially. Um as things went on, not that those changed very much or that we changed very much, but the way we wanted to do things would maybe be a little different, like the process where we carry things out. And so there was times, plenty of times for conflict where it's like, we're not in agreement about how this should be done or this was shouldn't be done or, you know, I'm growing in a certain capacity and I'm weak in an area and she's making sure I know that, <laughs> that I'm weak in that area and that doesn't feel very good. Um and it happens so, to you too. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's gonna happen to everybody. It also <laughs> it happens <does>? to our <laughs> look. If you're if you're um if you are at all focused on becoming something more, and I, I want to put it in a Christian context, becoming like Jesus, right? Or becoming the man or woman of God mm-hmm. that you want to be, um, that you know God has designed you to be, that you know God is calling you and crafting you to become, mm-hmm. you have to look at how we are going to allow my life to be shaped by the hand of the Lord. And the Lord will use your wife to do a lot of the shaping. He'll use brothers and sisters to do the shaping. Um, but a lot of times you use your own hands. Like That was one of the big things I've, mm-hmm. I came to a realization of. God wants me to make decisions that are going to put me into his hands where he's going to have to change and break some things and, and mold mm. some things and recraft some things because me as a man, I built certain things up, right? I let the, I use this metaphor like the clay. I let the clay, because I'm, I'm the clay, I let certain aspects of the clay get hardened. And the Lord couldn't work on those areas because I hardened myself against him. And then he'd use my wife to kind of chisel away at that to where I'd start to have a breakdown, and then internally i go, okay, fine, Lord, I need help here. And as soon as I acknowledge that I need help, it's like the clay gets softened again, and then he can begin to work. That's what he showed me one night. And I told David this the other day, and this um, is to the <laughs> covering point. Right. Um, there's a period I was going through where I felt like, and I, I don't know if other men feel like this, I know women can feel like this too, but you feel like you're doing everything, Right. Uh, I had taken over a lot of the household duties just because my wife's business has gone nuts and she needed the time to go work or business, which was fantastic. Praise God. Um, but I felt like all of a sudden, like I'm doing everything. And I was like, wow, this might be how my wife feels sometimes, like she's doing everything. Um, so, but because I felt like I was doing everything, I started to feel more like a doormat. Like I'm just a thing where that everybody can walk over me walk on top of me and I'm not important. I'm insignificant, but yet I'm doing everything. Nobody's recognizing me for what I'm doing and pity party, you know, Mm. in my soul. Yeah. So one night I've kind of had enough of this, right? I'm kind of like, all right, seriously, man. Like, you know, it's not the whole be a man talk. It's like recognize where you're at. I am beating myself up and I'm wanting recognition for all the work I've been doing. So I go to the Lord. I go, look, here's how I'm feeling. And he says, well, a lot of that is pride, First of all. So let's use the P word Oh on. yeah. Immediately. <laughs> that's, immediately. Not, not that's what, that's that's just it. Immediately. He's like, son, this is pride. So you're either going to continue to feel miserable or you can start to let that go and let's work through that. Okay, great.
0: You mean he didn't console you? Oh no man.
2: I mean sometimes you cons- are doing everything. <laughs> sometimes he consoles, sometimes he confronts. He's a good father that way, right? Yeah. But he knows right when to do it right? He knows that's, you were speaking to that a little bit earlier, like a father knows when he needs to encourage and he also knows when he needs to discipline. And hopefully those two are very fluid and it's not just hard taskmaster. Otherwise you get an improper view of how our heavenly father actually is. So anyways, Mm -hmm. what the Lord showed me in this quick example is like, I kept feeling like I was getting walked on and the Lord's like, well, you are getting walked on. And I'm like, "What?" That's weird. Yeah. What do you mean? He's like, well, you're not a doormat. You're a bridge. Yeah. I'm going, okay, help me understand this. And then he broke down priest and prophet. And it's priest goes before the Lord on behalf of others. Right. So you have to lay out your life before the Lord, thank you, God, Hmm. to cover others. Yeah. You have to lay down your life. That's what laying down your life looks like. First of all, I set my emotions aside. I set all my pride aside. I set all the areas where I want to be recognized. Uh And I want to feel significance from other people that I've been serving. And instead, I set that before the Lord and the Lord goes, great, come to me. Pray for those. Pray for each and every one of your family members. Stand in the Mm -hmm. gap. Become the shield because of your faith. Mm -hmm. Shelter them from whatever's going on in the household, whatever's coming against the family. Um, That's one of my favorite scriptures where the Lord says that the life of the husband can be saved by the lifestyle of the wife or vice versa. The (laughs) life of the wife is sanctified, (laughs) sanctified, seen as holy before (laughs) the Lord because of the lifestyle of the husband. So I take that really seriously. Like it kind of doesn't matter what else might be transpiring if i am being a covering by laying my life down by setting aside all these things which are very natural passions like human beings need to feel significant they need to feel valued <laughs> these are hardwired into every single human however just because i'm hardwired like that as a human being doesn't mean that that's the only place i'm you know, can revolve around or or operate from. Mm -hmm. I get to subject that to the word of God and submit those things, those feelings to the Lord. And that's what, to me, being a priest part, Mm -hmm. I mean, we can talk about the prophet part, but being a priest is first laying down my life, being a bridge, a bridge between the Lord and my family. That's what I am. I help create that connection. And I encourage them to have their own individual connections, but that's one of the biggest things there. And the second thing about being a bridge is that a bridge not only transfers one person to another place, spans a gap, but it also creates covering. So you can shelter underneath a bridge. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really important.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that uh, uh, we're also bridges to people around us also. Uh, Not just our wives or family. uh, And I think we have to... uh, understand i think as we grow as a man of god we understand that's who we are we right. are priests right. in the earth and uh you know we're in his kingdom kings uh, if you will and right. th- that having that aspect that understanding that that's where you uh, that's where god's bringing you to yeah um I, there's so many things in this I area know. that just start <laughs> to like start to kind of come together um I think about you know Scripture tells us that if a man doesn't provide for his household, he's worse than an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Like worse, not just an unbeliever. You're worse than that, right. and and so you're and uh, that provision that's part of that covering thing. That's part, of, uh, and it's not just a lot of times people just think that's work uh, yeah. for you know or yeah. uh, monetary, uh, but that covering is you know like we said earlier, your truth bearer you're you're uh uh you're caring for someone's soul right for their emotions their intellect their how they how they approach life both your family you know your your children if you have them your wife if you have one you, the people around you yeah uh, because are we in the family of god and, and i wanted to speak to this earlier and that is a lot of people think and you hear this i think it's a worldly uh thing that concept that you know people pick up on people think that well we're all God's children. I would beg to differ with that, because mm-hmm. everybody on the planet is not God's child, because the Bible tells us, you know, Jesus, even said, "Hey, you're of your father, the devil's like, right. uh, so I got one pop or another. Which mm-hmm. one is this?" And mm-hmm. so when you come into the earth, you ain't, you ain't the, a child of God. You may right. have been made, formed in His likeness and kind of his image mm-hmm. type thing, but you're, you're of your father the right. devil you know you're right. born dead in sure. trespasses you're you're at enmity with god you're you know there's no there's no connection there until his love and his care draws you in so i want to speak to people who are mm. listening to this now uh when you come to jesus mm. <laughs> now uh what happens is there's now he's being that bridge right. and he That's is right. inviting you he's becoming your covering he's bringing you into that place mm. of actual be actually becoming a child of God mm-hmm. to grow you into a son of God, right. to ultimately grow you into a man of God, right. a father mm-hmm. in God's image. Mm-hmm. And there's a you know, so there's this uh progression right that's happening. Well, yeah. And how did how did Jesus bring you to the Father? You
1: were an enemy of God. Yes. And you trampled over Jesus And he's like, I'm still the way. Walk on me. Right. Right. Walk on me to the Father. Yes. To your purpose. Even though you're an enemy and you're striking at me, just walk on me because I'm going to show you the way Hmm. to the Father. And that's what a real man is. And I think there's a lot of false teaching about manhood Hmm. in the church that says manhood is about you're the leader. And your wife needs to submit every single day. (laughs) And, you know, that's what it means. Like, you're the leader. And it brings pride and it Mm -hmm. brings entitlement where Jesus was the bridge. He was the doormat. He was the way that was walked on and he was the husband of the bride. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't just apply to marriage. It applies to so many different relationships. It applies to church. It applies to the business world. It it applies to evangelism. Like, are you willing to put yourself somewhere that's going to bridge someone in to the father that would be walking the complete opposite way? Not just to say, Hey, I have the truth and you need to follow me. And this is what God says. And I'm a man of God. That's complete falsehood. That's not, that's not how Jesus right. was. Mm-hmm. Jesus was not about getting his bride to follow him he was, or serve him. He was about serving the bride. Mm-hmm. He wasn't about his bride has to lay down her life for him. He laid down his life for his bride right. to lift her up. It wasn't about his mission and his calling. Right. He said, I'm going to lift you up so you will do the greater works yes. than I do. Yes. And he has, that's what a father says. I want my children to go beyond me. I want them to go farther than I ever went. I will lay down my life. I will work long hours. I will go to the prayer room. I will pour out my heart. I will get counsel. I will humble myself. I will listen to my wife's corrections because she's smarter than me. (laughs) That's just me personally. (laughs) Um, I will listen to that because I want people to get where they need to go. And they can step on me to get there. Because guess what I have? I have the world that I'm going to inherit in Christ. I don't need to get anything from this life in my meekness because it says the meek will inherit the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fine, take something from me now. It'll get us both to the place that we inherit everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lose anything. If you think you can take something from me, you can't. I'm immeasurably rich. Yeah. yeah. And so like, that's the mindset that's going to allow you to do that. And it can only be sustained through a lifestyle of communion with God. Right, and right. when the minute I step away from that, I get very resentful, very bitter. Everything mm-hmm. that Jeroboam said of mm-hmm. like, I'm doing everything. Why can't, let, let's tally up the sheet. I do all this. This person right. doesn't do this. Right. Uh, this person doesn't really minister that like they should. Blah, 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 right, blah, right, blah. Right. And it's just, it's complete horribleness. Like it's, right. um, mm-hmm. it's not very eloquent, but.
0: Well, it's, um, it's <laughs> tapping into, it's tapping into the pride of life. Right. You know, I mean, that's the deal: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's all in there, Mm -hmm. and it uh, it all of those draw a person, a man, away from the Father. That's right, away from his image. Yeah. And once we get that and understand that and start, and both of you spoke to that about our pride, because I believe men, that's one of that's the that's the thing that you have to deal with as a man, (laughs) and it's constant. It, you didn't go through the pride course. <laughs> Got the certificate, and now I'm done. Mm-hmm. Because God will bring up in each and every one of us, if we're honest about this, a place where our pride mm-hmm. has an option. Yeah, It has the option to guide. And the question is, will we submit that mm-hmm. to him, mm-hmm. to our Father in heaven? Not just submit, you know, cower and like, oh, the, you know. What happens is people inadvertently men boys in the earth man boys man boys they (laughs) submit their pride to um the effect of things around them Mm -hmm. right they're pressed on by hey let's go do this it's cool yeah but i'm abandoning my family in the process. It's cool. And you know that you've grown past her. Mm. So maybe you should go on to somebody else. Sure. Right? No, seriously. I this know. is the man issue, right? Yeah, this is yeah. because men have lost, I mean, they've so tied into the pride thing mm-hmm. that they've lost sight of who God is and who he's drawing them to. Right. How mm-hmm. God is, you know, he's bringing us into his image. And like we said earlier, and hope someone's listening is, there's only one way to the father. Right and Jesus Christ is that way yeah. he's that bridge and he's and and it's so simple you don't have to like stand on your head and do backflips you just receive him as your lord and savior mm-hmm. today you right this second you just be like hey if you don't know him it's like yeah. this is a great time god I believe, mm-hmm. you know. I just believe in you. Just you can yeah. take it in simplicity and let him just draw you into. Because nobody comes to the Father right. any other way. That's right. You know that's the yeah. way you're drawn. And mm-hmm. so, um, but we will have to deal with our pride, yeah. and that is a key aspect, I believe, of uh, maturity and manhood. Right. It's putting down what you think you're owed <laughs> with who think what you think you are. And submitting that to the will of the Father, that's why when Jesus, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father, mm-hmm. I do what the Father's will is. Right. I mean, he was demonstrating, showing us, right. and I want to throw this out here, and we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, this morning, I was reading through the Beatitudes. Mm. Strange, odd thing. I was mm. just like, and, you know, the <laughs> Blessed are you. Blessed, yes. And it, I, it just, it captured me all of a sudden, you, you know, you go through, you know, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and he- in it first of all Jesus is manifesting the father that's actually what he's doing there i know right. people are thinking oh well he's giving us you know uh, things in the kingdom and mm-hmm. all of that's true too but mm-hmm. the one of the key things aspects that run through it all is the father you know the father right. knows he, first of all that you have need right. <laughs> of things right. this is such a crazy like when we are actually fathers, man, when we're actually fathers in God, mm-hmm. we get to see and perceive. This is that maturity thing. Right. What is needed? Right. Right? We see. We don't just see, right? Yeah. We don't just see, but we see to it, mm-hmm. right? We are that providers. We That's are coverings. We are a bridge. We, right. are, we are all those things. We don't just get to see it and like, you know, just sit by the sideline <laughs> and go, yeah, yeah. you guys should take care yeah. of that. Yeah, somebody it's should take bulb, care son. of that. All right. It's like, well, no, you no, a man should be like, I got to take care of that. Yeah. Like, and, there, and there's nobody else around. It's like, somebody else will take care of it, I'm sure. <laughs> it's like, that is such a wimpy you know, Jesus Christ didn't leave it to somebody else. Right? <laughs> it's <laughs> right. right. Yeah. It's like, hey, God, you know, can yeah. you just send somebody yeah. else? Then, uh, but yeah. the reality is, we as men, and this is where our pride thing comes in. It's a weird pride too. It's, it, can mm. pride. Mm-hmm. it can be a false pride. It can be, you know, all sorts of things come in there where we want to step back and just go, well, maybe somebody else should take care of that. Hmm. But if we were you, yeah.
2: No, that was a revelation. What you just said was a revelation yeah. in my life about five years ago. I was in the middle of this, you know, I'm doing so much, you know, and right. God told me about the bridge. And then he he was like, You are a steward of everything I've given to you. And you, as the man, head of the house, you're the one I'm holding accountable. So when I heard it in that that tone, was like, oh, okay, I got it. So Everything is my responsibility. Okay. So I'm going to just let that ring. Everything is my responsibility. Yeah. So I feel... Who the is wa- my neighbor? I feel the... Exactly. <laughs> I feel the weight of that, right? And I'm not going into competition or, or like, well, why doesn't that... And why don't... No. Nope. You are responsible. So that... When I just said those words and then looked at out through my family's life and my, even my friend's life, I was looking at, okay, um, simple things too. Like, oh, the dishes aren't done. My responsibility. So it's either my responsibility to follow up with my children to do their chores or it's my responsibility because they've already gone to bed to take care of it. Like I started to see this completely different. Um, my responsibility to take care and fill gaps. And I started seeing needs that normally I would like some, some of the needs I wouldn't even see, right. As oblivious to, and then some of them I would neglect and go, eh, well, you know, it'll, it'll get done eventually. I was like, no, you're the guy. Uh, There's this funny saying, um, you know, if it's to be, it's up to me. Mm -hmm. So like, if you want something to change, you need to change it. And that yeah. first part of that, and that's why I said the number one thing is responsibility. I have to take ownership of every aspect of my life and mm-hmm. what I bring to it, my friendships, uh, the way I communicate. But if you take ownership, it's like what you're talking about, Pastor Bob. That's what Jesus did. He took ownership. He he laid his life down. He knew his purpose, but he knew what his responsibility was.
0: Yeah, it's just amazing the- this uh, subject is so big, and one of one of the issues, obviously, is you know it's hard to cover it all in one sitting. Mm-hmm. But there's so much at stake. Yeah, with men not being men, not really coming up to being a man of God mm-hmm. and being the the actual image and likeness of our Creator. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, we mm-hmm. there's so much at stake. It's in families and friends and business and school and relationships and just go all the way down in our world our world is is hurting so badly because the lack of true men Mm -hmm. men of god in the earth men that um will lay down their life for the benefit of everything around them yeah and everyone else around them so like i said we we just went with (laughs) this thing and we just, it's, it's, uh, we touched on it. There's probably a lot more we'll do. Maybe we'll get together some other time and just, uh, continue the talk and, uh, see, see where we go. But, um, I want to speak to, um, you out there, if you're men of God, uh, or people don't know God, that there is just one way in Jesus. And, um, you, It's not that you should, you really need to come to him today, uh, and lay your life before him and come into relationship with him. And it's very simple. Uh, just ask him into your life and see what he does. It doesn't have to be this big, complicated thing. And for a lot of times for guys, it's, you know, it seems weird, but, uh, I want you to hear that Jesus died for you he was buried for you and he's raised again for you. And all you need to do is believe. And it's that simple. It's just that simple. And that will open up doors for you into whole different realms. And uh, the Lord wants to actually draw you into relationship with him and understanding him as, as your father. And many of you out there, I know by the spirit of God, you don't know what a father is. You don't understand. You've never felt the true expression of a father's love. You've maybe felt the abuse and the uh, hostility or the neglect but your father in heaven he will not leave you so we tried to end but we really just couldn't yeah. because god's uh put on our hearts to just really speak to some of you men out there and there's a tremendous uh wooing i believe of the father yeah. wanting to pull you into a place where you recognize really who you are as a man of god uh, what your potential and possibilities are and also the heart of the Father toward you. And so I know Pastor David and, and JT both have something they want to just speak to you about. And uh, I, you know, it's interesting. We can get so caught up in a process and miss out on what God ha- has for people. And so we didn't want to get caught up in our process. We just want to give you what we know God is putting on our hearts. So with that, Pastor David? I think it's so important to leave
1: father and mother Mm. and hold fast to your wife. And I want to speak that to some men out there. And um, don't look to your wife as your mom. (laughs) We talked about, um, you know, women don't look for guys that will treat you like a mom. But guys, stop treating your wife like a mom. She's not there to meet all your needs. You're there to cover her. Uh, you already have a mom. <laughs> you should call her. <laughs> yeah. I need to call my mom, call but um, my I just want to give this exhortation to leave behind those things that are keeping you in childish ways and hold fast to the purposes of God, whether you're, you're married or not. Paul said, when I became a man, I put aside childish things. Mm -hmm. That's been a huge challenge in my life. I lost my dad when I was 20 years old and there was about five years there where I was directionless. I was trying to seek the Lord, but there wasn't really a challenge from God. I, I avoided responsibility. I had sins in my life. I had pornography addiction. I had so many things that were completely entertainment addiction. Um, I was a slave to my own time and I convinced myself I was an introvert that needed all this space. Mm. And that is a, it's a falsehood. It's not who I was created to be. It's not the freedom that you receive in the Holy spirit. You're not a victim. And so leave your mom, <laughs> leave your comfort and be the man step into what God has asked you to be because his grace is going to meet you there. Mm. That's good. It's not just, Hey, I can't do this. And, and like Jerob, said, do it right away and get right there. No, just set a direction, set your face like Flint, be a man and set your mind on an aim that you have and go for it with everything that the Lord calls you to do, even if the only direction you can have is to read the Bible every day. That is a godly direction. And your, your family and your work, coworkers and everyone around you is going to see and feel the difference of you setting your mind on God and starting to ask for that correction, becoming a man of wisdom that accepts correction, um, leaving behind your pride that nobody can tell you anything. Nobody can tell you how you should be doing things, how you should be falling short. Um, stop measuring yourself against other men. Like I'm just, I'm giving it to you straight because you need to hear it. You're not a victim. You're not stuck at home. You're not trapped in the basement. You, sh- you should not be a slave to video games. You should not be a slave to pornography. That's right. That's right. You should not be a slave to, to people's opinions. You should not be a slave to your wife. You should be a partner with your wife. You should move forward in power because God has empowered you as a man of God. And that means you will be a priest. You will lay down your life. You will not demand things. You will give everything. You will not prefer your own way. You will prefer others above yourself because there's an eternal reward for that. Yeah. Father says, the one, or Jesus actually said, the one who conquers will sit with me on my throne as I conquered and sat with my father on his throne. So you may not feel that you have authority or meaning or significance, but if you follow the Lord, you will sit with him on his throne. You will rule the nations with a rod of iron. There's, there's so many amazing rewards, yeah. but it's to the one who conquers, not to the one that sits back, not to the one that shrinks back, not to the one that rolls over and dies. It's to the one that conquers. The Lord is a man of war. Yahweh is his name. Mm-hmm. You got to get up out of the basement, pick mm-hmm. up your weapon, mm-hmm. pick up your sword, pick up your prayer life, Pick up your family, go into the chaos and restore order. Yeah. yeah, there's chaos around you. Deal with it. You don't get your own time. You don't get that. That's not what you get. You don't have entitlement. You're a man. It's up to you, right? It's up to you to be right with the Lord, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, mm. to be in the pages of the word of God, to feast upon his presence. It's up to you to stand when you want to fall, when right. you want to blame, when you want to run, when you want to self-pity. That's your pride. Kill it.
0: So you don't get to sidestep. You don't get to go, oh, well, you know, I love this term, and we're, we're in it now. Yeah. <laughs> we're all going for it. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you know, my bad. <laughs> you don't get to do that as a man. You don't get, oh, my bad. That's like making an excuse for you. That's like my kid did that when they were little. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I didn't do that. You're like, right. yeah, you did. <laughs> now, oh, well. You know, and just sidestepping in, but a man of God takes responsibility Amen. for his right. actions, that's right? What he did yeah. actually, and he doesn't hold it against somebody else, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, uh, you know, and that's the deal is, uh, you know, you look in the Bible, David, he he messed up really bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he 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 pooped all over everybody, <laughs> <laughs> including <Yeah>. himself, <laughs> sure. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, but yet, then in the Psalms, you read, he's like, I don't hold this against you, God. Mm. This wasn't you. This was me. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I'm responsible. And a man of God comes and takes responsibility for when they so messed up. That's right. But this whole deal in our current society and Christian churches is like, you know, my bad. Sorry, you know, step aside. No, maybe you need to let it become a man that's when you screw up, not if, but when. Yeah, you will. That you will <laughs> fix it. Yeah. Like you'll actually make a and it comes it starts with some of the religious components mm-hmm. of repenting and you know, the little <laughs> things we like to, you know, yeah. ignore and sidestep. But the, right? Yeah. And then bringing faith Facts. to it and then taking action. Right. Because faith, you know, without the works, without the action is dead. Right. So when you've screwed up long enough in your relationships or in your work or in your school or in your family and your friends and and then, you know, and you've and you've done stupid stuff. Right. You know, just stupid stuff that a child should do. And this reminds me when you Mm -hmm. were talking, Pastor David, you know, Hebrews 5, it talks, you know, talks about, you know, when you're young, you were, you know, you need the little bottle and Mm -hmm. we had the baby you and, you know, but when you are grown up, you know, you need the meat Meat. and you, and you know, but babies choke on meat. Right. You know, so you can't be a baby because God's going to want to be, you know, you're going to have meat coming into your life, whether you like it or not, you're going to choke to death on it. If you're not a man of God, you're going to, you're not going to be able to handle it at all. You'll choke on the thing you're bringing to your mouth, by the way. And so the deal is, is that, but what a a man has, a mature person, I know this also is for women too, but Mm -hmm. they can discern Mm -hmm. between good and evil. Right. Like what's yeah. the difference? Right. <laughs> you know, they are not like. Oh, I didn't know that was not good. Right. Like that's so sidestepping. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you got me on a little bit. Or oh, you got awesome. me all like riled up, Pastor David. I'm just no, like you know, this because this is well, the reality was, yeah. of our walk. Right. Like I, mm-hmm. I cannot stop, sidestep it. Right. I, I can't. Uh, it, it. You yeah. know. I might might not feel good. Mm-hmm. I might not like it. Come on. You know, right, yeah. Come on. Come on. When Jesus, <laughs> you know, when God brought you, you know, and and brings me into a place of. Of humility and and humbling me right. because I didn't humble myself under That's his right. hand. Then what happens is like, oh, whoa. Now I can just do like the baby thing. Mm-hmm. You no, know, well, you know, well, maybe I'll get around to it or be a man of God. That's right. It says, you know mm-hmm. what? That was my issue. That was my thing. I'm not going to get all because people get depressed and, mm-hmm. you know, condemnation mm-hmm. and all that stuff. That's just another sidestep in my mind. I totally. It's just another like you know because now you're looking for you're looking for someone to feel sorry for you mm-hmm. or have pity on you, when you know God, He's not really interested in all that. He's interested in you turning so He can restore you. That's right. He didn't want to sit there and go, oh baby, mm-hmm. oh, I feel so bad for you all the mm-hmm. time. Yes, He's a loving God. Yes, He'll draw you to Himself. Mm-hmm. Yes, He's His love is endless, it's, but He's not willing. To leave you right. in your crap. That's right. <laughs> like not yeah. willing to let you sit there, and you can. Did I say the bad word? Okay, you I said it, it twice th- already. Th- so twice it's okay. already. no, because this is a <laughs> thing. This is something that should get yeah. men riled up, because yeah. we all do it. Yeah, in some area or another, we're like, oh, no. That's this me. is
2: this is um, what I would define as the zeal of the mm-hmm. Lord to have some passion, to have some some. Oomph! So have some, you know,
0: yeah. have some
2: conviction and and step into it. Um, I had a couple of scriptures come to mind. Number one, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, against mm-hmm. spiritual wickedness, uh, darkness, high places. Paraphrasing. Um, the point I wanted to make, and you both have said it, but I wanted to be very clear with everybody listening today. Um, God is a faithful God and. Condemnation cannot stand in his presence, and today he speaks a word of breakthrough to every place where you have been condemned by the enemy, even by your own actions, where you've taken upon yourself the weight of condemnation, the shackles and the the barricade it creates, the prison it creates, where it makes you... strive and think like, I can't ever figure. I can't figure this out. I can't do. I was stuck in condemnation in my twenties because of pornography. And I thought I was never going to break over, break through that thing. And it just had a grip on my life. And it might not be that for you. It might be drugs. It might be the pursuit of money. It might be the pursuit of women. It might be whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And you failed and you failed and you failed and you tried and you failed and you tried and you failed. And the enemy wants to keep you in a condemned prison. And God says today, come into the light, sons. Come and step into the light. He's breaking the doors wide open. He created a way of escape. Mm -hmm. He's created in every temptation a way of escape. And so we have to just step up and walk out of that place. And the Lord will give you the grace. That's his power, his might. Because it's not by our own power and our own strength right. sometimes. It's by the Spirit of God that mm-hmm. will punch through and break through every wicked and high thing that has come against you. Yeah. So we cannot any longer be entangled with these things that have held us back. That's what Paul says. We have to cut them free so I can run the race set before me. Mm-hmm. We all have a purpose, and it's right there in front of you, and you need to take up your sword and pursue I love that word that you gave about pursue. Mm-hmm. If you're not putting some sort of purpose out in front of you, and I'm not just talking about goals and all that stuff. Those are important. I mean, you have to set a purpose out in front of you that I am determined now to run towards something. We all as human beings need purpose. We need a point of aim. David, one of my favorite favorite men of the Bible, There was a period of time where it says when kings go off to war, which was their purpose, David was not off to war. Mm -hmm. And then for whatever reason, we don't really know, but he wasn't at war. But because he wasn't at war, fulfilling his purpose, he fell into a bunch of problems. And he got into it with Bathsheba, and he killed a man, and so on and so forth. But the amazing thing about David, he could have stayed in that condemnation. That's right. He could have tried to defend himself. Well, I'm a king and I have choice of any woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I've heard different theories about, oh, well, you know, the men that went off to war, they wrote letters of divorcement ahead of time for their wives to be released. And so David could have married any of them because he was the king. He didn't go into any of that. The prophet came to him as the prophet is coming to you today. And he spoke a word that split open his understanding to help him really dial in like, oh, I am that man that robbed this man of his precious uh, possession and I killed him for it. I am that man. And that's right where the change began. And that's where the change begins for you today. If you understand and take responsibility and repent, that means to turn away, turn away from where you've been headed, the things that you've been focusing on, the things that you've been passionate and burning about, if you set those aside and go, you know what, this is no longer a part of my life. I'm walking away from this. I'm going to make a decision and I'm going towards the things of God. And yeah, they're going to try to come back at me, but I'm not going to live in condemnation. I'm going to press forward and I'm going to press forward and I'm going to press forward. I'm going to get help. I'm going to reach out to a brother. I'm going to reach out to a pastor. I'm going to reach out to a father and I'm going to get help to fortify me as I press through this. You need it. I needed it. My spiritual dad right over here has helped me through many things. My brother, my best friend has helped me through many things. We are not meant to be alone and to do this alone. Right, we're, we're not. The, the, the isolation is a killer. That's good. Isolation is a big part yeah. and a big component of condemnation. You feel so condemned that you withdraw from everything and you feel like you're on this island alone suffering and nobody can help me and I can't help myself. And that all ends today. Whoever has ears to hear, that ends today. And the Lord is going to give you His grace and His power to begin to break down and come like Jesus did, Lord, come Lord Jesus right now, into the lives of these men and break. You came to demolish all the works of the enemy, to utterly break them down into rubble, to remove and set every captive free, open every prison door, so I just pray that the freedom of God comes to you today. But it's going to co- you're going to have to repent. You have to turn. It's the only way that works. You turn your face to the to the Father and the Father will be faithful to you. He will welcome you home and he will give you everything you need to live out a righteous and godly life with power with uh, peace, with self-control, with everything, where every place that you thought you couldn't stand, he will make your, your footing sure. He will make every single wayward place straight. He will do this, but you have to turn to him and you have to get into his word. David said something I think that is a key takeaway for today. You have to have, he said you have to have a mindset, a strong mindset. I'm going to add, you have to have a biblical mindset, Mm-hmm. Just having a strong mindset can lead you back into pride. Right. Because it's all about my own strength. Right now, mm-hmm. there will be times where your strength is not strong enough, just to put it blunt. Mm. But the power and the grace of God, it's His strength. And that strength comes from knowing the Word of God. So you must get in the Word, you must read the Word, read the book of Proverbs. Read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Start reading today, a little bit at a time, or as much as you can. One thing about milk and meat, milk is a pre-digested form of nutrition. So if you want to remain a baby Christian, you can sip on the milk that is delivered to you by your pastor on Sunday, and that will give you just enough nourishment to maybe help you, you know, crawl through the week. Yeah, But if you want to become a man of God, what it looks like is you go out and you hunt, you get into the word, you cut it open, and you let the meat of the word feed you and nourish you. That's what manhood looks like. You can no longer rely on everybody else to nourish you. You have to go seek out nourishment yourself. And that comes from the breaking of the bread and opening up the word of God and getting into it and letting it speak to you, let it clean you, let it wash you, let it feed you, let it empower you. That's where true power comes from, is the word of God. And clinging to that, that is Love the difference. It.
0: Wow. Love it. Yeah, I just keep hearing, you know, your word have I hid in my heart. That I might not sin you, against you, and we have to understand that. We, like I say, we can go and be condemned in life because of our sins. Let's just call it what it is. Okay, right. if we're men and we're talking about this here, transgressions. Uh, yeah, trans. Yeah, sins. Uh, you know, we've hid. If we're hiding the word in our heart, that means that doesn't mean we're just committing it to memory, which we should be doing oh. also. But we're actually bringing it, expressing it out through our lives. Yes, our heart, our soul, everything about us. So it's coming in, it has effectual work on us. Mm. So when we are condemned, we understand that's not of God. right? You'll know if you're condemned by God. You'll end up in hell. <laughs> okay, that's you wake That'll up in hell one obvious, morning. Yeah. But the reality is, God sent His Holy Spirit to convict us, right, right, of sin, and that is a drawing. So the conviction of Holy Spirit mm. is not to condemn you, that's but good. to bring you to repentance, that's to right. turn you around. And I actually want to talk about that. Right? Actually, I want to pray with us as yes. we start to, yeah. you know, wrap things. You know, yeah. I, you know, I believe there's a prayer that. You know, we need to pray Mm. to relinquish those things that we've held on to have kept us in the condemnation, kept us in immaturity. You know, where will a young man, how will he cleanse his ways? By taking heed according to his word. You know, um, yeah. Can I say something real quick? Yes.
1: Is that getting into that that repentance is walking in the light, like Jeremiah said, Mm. and coming into the word. And it's going to hurt you. And you can't avoid it and there's lots of things that the Lord's calling you into as a man and it will hurt you. It'll hurt to give up your secret life. A lot of men live lives of quiet desperation. Mm -hmm. That's a a well-known quote. They have Mm -hmm. secret lives. They have secret loves. They have secret, uh, even, you know, idols that hold their attention and it will hurt to bring that in the light and burn it. Mm -hmm. And you will have to do that in public. Like it doesn't have to be everybody that knows that, but you have to bring it, push it in the light, Mm -hmm. not just learn the word, but push your life into the word where Mm -hmm. it will burn. Like that that stuff will burn and -hmm. it will hurt you. Mm -hmm. You cannot avoid it. Avoiding is avoiding pain, avoiding truth, avoiding calling, avoiding loving someone, avoiding praying for someone, avoiding serving someone, avoiding getting the help you need, avoiding apologizing. Hmm. That's a bit. apologize, take responsibility. That hurts. Like, I don't know if you're like me. It's like, (laughs) it hurts me to apologize and say, you know, I thought I was completely right and I was completely wrong. Hmm. You were right. That's, that's really, that hurts. And you have to be willing to accept that if you're going to move forward. You can't fear pain. You can't fear that. You can't fear to be known by people. Fear is what will keep you locked up. Like fear of death, fear of all these things, fear of the enemy, fear of, even who you could be yeah. like I, fear of how you're going to be perceived. If you really take a stand for God with yeah. your family and your church, you have to let that die and it's, it'll hurt. Yeah, It'll hurt. Well, I believe
0: God wants to do today an operation on people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes operations, when they're come out of it, there's some pain involved with mm-hmm. it, but yeah, there's recovery. Yeah. yeah? And uh, so I'm going to speak directly to yeah, uh, yeah. people listening to this today <laughs> to the men. Yeah, Lord. Um, We wanna lead you in a little prayer maybe here. This is the best way, because it has to start someplace. Mm -hmm. You know, repentance starts with the change of mind. Mm -hmm. There's a, something happens. And so, um, right now you may have been challenged by some of what we said, or maybe God's starting to poke on your heart some. And you can begin by voicing to God your change of mind. Like your, who, what he's doing. And that comes by confessing, you know. The Lord tells us we confess and forsake. You know, there's healing there, there's deliverance there, there's, you know. But when we cover, it's it's not, you know. It's we don't prosper, we don't grow, we don't. Things get worse actually, and so um, let's pray. So, Father, in Jesus' name, Father, as your men, Father, we come before you now. Father, we lift up the things that we have put before our sins, O God. Father, you, Father, we've spoken about these. I'm going to speak them out loud, Lord. We lift up our uh, tendencies toward pornography. We lift up our tendencies to pride in every way, Father. We lift up our tendency to "I want my way" or "It's the highway." God, I lift up, Father. Uh, we lift up our ten our sins, Father, before yes. you, that separate us from you, O oh God, oh, God. Oh, Father. When we put our business in front of you, oh, when we put our stuff in front of our family, O oh God, when we've uh, uh, separated ourselves. Uh, just isolated ourselves, Father, from you and from the people around us. In the name of Jesus, (inaudible) cleanse us, God, by the blood of Jesus. Cleanse us, Lord, that we might be men of God with a pure heart, O God the heart that just runs after you, oh God, regardless of any of the pain, Lord. We don't want to be men that are fearful and pull back and shrink back, oh God. But we run to you, Father, right now, Lord. And I pray for men, oh God, that are be listening, oh God, and joining in this prayer, that you would strengthen them, oh God, as they begin their turn as they put hands and feet to the words that they're expressing in this repentance prayer, oh God, when they put action, Father, Father, when they start to unplug, Father, from the things that are drawing them into sin, oh God, whatever form that is, oh God, I pray for strength, oh God. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode. And for more information, go to SpiritSchoolOfMinistry.com.